Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. With the advent a couple of years ago of things like TikTok and the reels that you'll find on Facebook and Instagram, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get lost just going through them, one right after the other, after the other. And some of my favorite uh, reels that I love to watch are the ones that say common things that people don't use correctly. You ever seen some of these? And some of them, I have to be honest, I have been using these things incorrectly for 40-some years. And so we're going to see just how honest you are. We're going to take a, a show of hands to see how many of you have been using some of these incorrectly. First of all, Tic Tacs. Anyone like Tic Tacs? How many of you pour them out this way? How many of you know that they're supposed to be poured out this way on their back and it only does one at a time? Anyone know that? Okay, there's four of you. All right, the rest of us have been eating Tic Tacs incorrectly. Here's another one. You're having a soda, and for some reason, you decide you want to use a straw. How many of you knew that that is supposed to be something that you could put your straw in to keep it tight? One, two, three. Okay, a few more. Maybe six of you. Well, it was created so that it would hold your straw in place. Did you know that? Not just to open it, but then to hold the straw in place as well. Here's another one. In your stove, how many of you put uh, a bunch of pots and pans that don't fit in your cupboard in the bottom? All right. Who knows what that is for? It's actually for to keep your food warm as you're finishing the last few dishes so that everything can be nice and warm for your big meal. How many of you knew that? All right, a few of you. A couple more. How many of you knew that if you went to McDonald's or if you went to Culver's or something and maybe you decided that you wanted to take your meal home with you and so you get home and you decide that you want to watch a television program and so you bring your, your, uh, your cup and your, and your meal out there into the living room, how many of you know that the top also can be a holder for your, uh, for your cup as well so that you don't get a big spot on your end table? Any of you know that? No one. You did. All right. So two of us. All right. And I didn't know that either until until I saw this video. How many of you push in the little tabs of the aluminum foil? All right, that makes it a whole lot easier, right? Those tabs are put in there to hold it in place. How many of you pour your milk this way? It's so easy to pour it this way, right? But if you turn it upside down, it doesn't go glub, 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 glub. It comes out with a great, easy stream. How many of you have one of those instruments for pasta? It's got a hole in the middle. Why does it have the hole in the middle? For one serving. If you are eating by yourself or if you had four people, you would put four servings in there one at a time, and then you would know exactly how much pasta uh, to cook. How many of you knew that one? 
All right, a few of you. One more. You're going out to eat for Chinese. You're, you're, you're done with Christmas meals, and you just want to try something different. And I don't know if you're like me, but I usually take the chopsticks, or if I'm eating by myself, the chopsticks or a fork, and I dig right in to the, uh, the to-go container. But did you know that that to-go container is supposed to, uh, is supposed to turn into a plate that you can use. How many of you knew that? All right, a few, right? So in other words, most of us have been using most of these things incorrectly in our lives. And maybe some of you have been using it more, you have been misusing it longer than I have in my life. Well, why am I bringing all this up? Well, because as I was looking at the passages for this week, especially the epistle lesson for today, I had this thought. Here's the question of the day. Am I fulfilling the purpose for which God put me here? Or am I using this life that God gave me in an incorrect way that God never intended? Have you ever thought about that? Am I actually using my life correctly in the way that God had intended when he gave me breath in these lungs? Or am I using it in an incorrect way? Well, in order to answer that question, we're going to walk through 1 John chapter 4 and see if we can answer that question here tonight. It starts out by saying, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. If I were to ask you the question from that particular Bible passage, what is your purpose in life? The purpose in life is this, to love. If you want to just put it into one simple word, what is the meaning of life? for you and I, is to love. Now, why does John have to tell us to love one another? Why does he have to say that? Well, the answer is, is because by nature, we don't do that, right? And we're surrounded by a culture that doesn't love as well. We have a culture that increasingly, year by year, and especially over these last three plus years or so, has gotten really mean. And a culture that has, uh, has become very selfish and very hateful. And if you think about it, what happens is if somebody is mean to another person, that is contagious because then that person feels bad and that person puts up guards in their life and pretty soon then they are mean to the next person, and pretty soon it spreads like wildfire everywhere, doesn't it? And that's the sinful world in which you and I live. And I think if we're honest, we can say that we have oftentimes been a part of this, haven't we? Whether it's road rage, you know, maybe someone was road raging against you and that made you kind of all upset and all nervous and next thing you know, someone is driving slow in front of you and pretty soon 
that contagiousness has caught on to you and pretty soon now you are road raging as well. Or maybe you, you had the guts to say something nice to the, to the person behind the register and, and the person ignored you or rolled their eyes at you. And now you've put up your guard. And so now when someone says something nice to you, instead of responding in kind, now maybe you ignore them as well. That's the kind of world that we live in. And it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. Well, in the midst of that, God is saying to you and I, we are to be loved. In the midst of all this hate, in the midst of all this selfishness, in the midst of all of this meanness and impatience, God is calling you and I to be love in this world. That same John that has recorded this in 1 John chapter 4, in his gospel recorded Jesus saying this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how are we supposed to love? We are supposed to love others in the way that Jesus has loved us. Well, that's a high calling, isn't it? That's a high calling. We're focusing. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. How did he love us? How did he show his love for us? By sending his son. By giving his very best to us. And that's what we're celebrating during this Christmas. We're celebrating the fact that loved us unconditionally. We didn't deserve anything good from him because oftentimes we're part of the problem, not part of the solution, right? But in spite of that, he loved us unconditionally, sent his son, love came down on Christmas for 33 years, Jesus lived a love-filled life. And then in the ultimate expression of love, he sacrificed himself so that all of our sins would be paid for through the cross. Going back to that passage from John chapter 13. You know, sometimes uh, when we think of love, we think of an emotion. You know, I've got to feel love for somebody to show love. But I guarantee you that when Jesus was hanging up there on the cross, I guarantee you that he wasn't having all of those emotions of love going through him, I don't think. But he still showed it, didn't he? And in the same way, if we're going to love like Jesus loved us, there are going to be times that we're not going to feel it. We're not going to feel it. But we are not those people that follow our feelings. We follow Jesus, right? 
And so when I look at something like that John 13 passage, love one another as I have loved you, you can't command a feeling. So Jesus isn't commanding us to feel a certain way. He's commanding us to show love. And so a better translation in English may be this. A new command I give to you, show love to one another. As I have shown love to you, so you must show love now to one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you show love to one another. What is God calling us to do? What is the right way of using these lives and this breath that God has given to us? To show the world what true love is. What unconditional love is. Even if we don't feel it. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Now this is a great sentence here. Why? Because it takes all the pressure off of you and me. You say, well, I just really struggle with trying to love like Jesus loves. But God offers us something far better than we could have ever imagined. He sent his son Jesus to wash away all of our sins so that the Holy Spirit may be able to come in and live Jesus' life through us so that we might live through him. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God now lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. This was his whole plan. His whole plan was to wash us of all of our sins because a Holy Spirit can't come live in an unholy vessel. And so he washes us clean through our faith and through our baptism. We are cleansed from head to foot. Then the Holy Spirit comes in. That is God living in us. And he begins to live his life through us. You see, it's not what would Jesus do you know, just try with all of your might to be like Jesus. Well, that's a lost cause. We're never going to be as good as Jesus. But it's a whole lot easier if what it's all about is now letting him continue his life of love through us. God's original intention for us is this. In our relationship with him, he would love on us so completely that we would not be able to keep it all in. It would overflow into the lives of those around us. This is God's intention. When he washed us clean of all of our sins, it was so that now I could have an intimate personal relationship with him. And as I spend time with him in his word, spend time in prayer, spend time in worship around the Lord. You know what he's going to do? He's going to love on you. He's going to love on me. And it's going to be a love like we've never experienced before 
on this earth. And it's going to be so good and so overflowing that that's exactly what it's going to do. It's going to pour out of us. And it's through the overflow that the world around us is going to be touched by the love of God. It's not my love. It's his. Martin Luther wrote this, Lord, grant that anger or other bitterness does not reign over us, but that your grace, your genuine kindness, your loyalty, and every kind of friendliness, generosity, and gentleness may reign in us. Amen. That was his prayer. Lord, if it's up to me, what's going to happen is it's going to be a lot of bitterness and a lot of anger in my life because as other people affect me, I'm just going to, it's going to be contagious to me and I'm going to be part of the problem as well. But our prayer needs to be this. Lord, I don't have good enough love, but you do. You reign through me. Here's our very important point for tonight. God doesn't intend for us to love others with our love. Our love has limits and it's imperfect. His intention is for us to allow ourselves to be vessels of his unconditional, perfect love. That is what changes the world. Not my conditional love. You know, I might have a good day and I might be able to, to take three or four nasty comments and still be loving, but eventually my love's going to run out. But Jesus' love led him all the way to a cross. And hanging up there on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the kind of love that changes them. And that's the kind of love that God wants to work in us as he overflows his life through us. The world will take notice of that kind of love, number one, when you and I love each other inside the church. That's part of what Jesus was saying, right? When he said, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you show love to one another. What does that look like? Well, that may mean that, you know, uh, maybe you see someone here in this congregation that's going through a rough time and, and maybe you take them a meal or maybe there's someone that, that can't paint their deck and, and so you go and paint their deck for, for them. And, and maybe you're, you're look, your neighbors are looking out the window and they're saying, what's going on over there? And so the neighbors come over and they say, who was that that was working on your deck? Or who was that that brought you that meal? Or who was that that was giving you a hug on the porch there? Oh, well, those are some of my church family. They knew I was going through a tough time and they wanted to help me. And just in the world seeing that, they'll realize we don't have that anywhere else in the world. I want some of that. That's going to change the world. Tertullian, all the way back in 197 AD, said this, that people were regularly saying, see how these Christians love one another. It was making a dent in that early world. 
So the world will take notice when we love each other inside the church. And secondly, the world will take notice when we unconditionally love those outside the church as well. That doesn't happen with our own love. We have to each day say, Jesus, may you live your life through me. And as we spend time with him and let him love on us, then that love's just going to spill out to the people around us. Here's our second very important point of the night. No one is ever going to be argued or forced into God's family. They're going to be loved into it. They're going to be loved into it. If you look around at our community and you say, all of these people that are not going to church on Christmas, or all these people that are just mean and and uh, all the road rage and all of the the anger and the you know uh, all the ignoring me that's going on in Walmart and whatever else. Well, it all starts with us, doesn't it? It all starts with us saying, God, live your life through me. People are going to be changed when they see the love of God in us. And finally, it finishes up by saying, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. You and I have a purpose in being here on this earth, and that is to testify to who our God is and what he did and the best way that you and I can do that is to let him love the world through us. The world needs who you were meant to be. We don't want to be like the opening of this message. We don't want to be like any of those things, like the, the takeout Chinese, that we never use it correctly. We want our lives to be used by God correctly. This Christmas, may we love this world around us, not with our love, because that has limits, but with the love of Jesus Christ. In his name, amen.